What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We're going to start the show with a special guest. He joined us last year here on Game On, had a great conversation with him, and he is now a part of the New England Patriots media operation. He works for Patriots.com. He's a staff writer, host of Patriots Catch-22. He knows the film. He knows the players. He knows the storylines. It's Evan Lazar to give us uh, a look at the Patriots to kick off our coverage of two-a-days here on Game On. How you doing, big guy? How you doing? Good to have you. Good to be on. Good, good to be on with you. Is it is it uh, ninety degrees and and humid up there in the great uh, New England area right now? Or are you guys uh, still staying cool? Uh, it's not quite ninety degrees. I'd say <laughs> probably about seventy five, eighty today. Yeah, uh, but starting to get that that muggy training camp uh, yep. humidity uh, that we we know up here in August and uh, the Panthers experienced <laughs> that last year. Yep. So. It gets a little bit of hot. It gets a little bit of feisty last year too. So yeah. it's a uh, it's a combination, I think. It was chippy. Uh, the coach of uh, your organization would say, "No days off." And certainly, Evan, you take no days off, man. Congrats on your success. Love following Thank your work. You. Uh, you can follow him at E Z Lazar on Twitter, but just go to Patriots dot com. Uh, just great work, and we'll continue to promote that. Okay, so leading off here, Bill O'Brien, the big storyline in the off season. He returns to the organization. Uh, the history, you know, you and I know a little bit about his time there as the OC back with, you know, the Brady and uh, Randy Moss days and all that. What would you expect in terms of changes being made? I know, you know, the offense with Belichick, it, it does tend to be the offense with Belichick. It's the Earhart Perkins concept there. But what, I guess, structurally might change to get Mac Jones back on track here? And I, I think what Mac said last week, I think it was, things feel normal again. Do, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway coming off the spring from the offensive side of things is that it looked like an NFL operation again, right? You had guys lighting up and running plays and not being chewed out because they're out of position or false starting or not understanding what's going on and, you know, palms up to the air, looking at the coaches, (laughs) looking at the sidelines, the ball hitting the ground a ton. You know, that's a lot of the things that we saw last year in training camp and this year, at least in the spring, it's a lot cleaner. It's a lot smoother. It seems like they're starting from a much higher uh, floor, if you will, just in terms of we know what we're doing. We have an experienced OC running the ship now, guy that knows the answers, has been there, done that. So all those things are, are really good. And I think from a schematic standpoint, you're seeing a lot of the vintage Bill O'Brien 2011 Patriots offense, which was Rob Gronkowski, of course, Aaron Hernandez, Wes Welker, you know, and a little bit more of an efficiency-based attack, which I think we're used to seeing more here in New England versus what they tried to do last year, which was spread it out and chuck the ball down the field a little bit more. I think you're going to get back to the short and intermediate passing game, the quick game, uh, the play action passing from under center and just really trying to set guys up to catch and run with the football. And, and I think that that's really what fits the quarterback best. They've built the personnel around that a little bit more. And I would say the one thing that, you know, also that we've also seen up here is a little bit of Alabama flair uh, to what ah, the Patriots yeah. are doing. And I, I think that that's really 
coming from Bill O'Brien, but also coming from Mac Jones and melding together what they worked with at, under Sarkeesian for Mac, but then Bill O'Brien picked it up from there the last two years down in Tuscaloosa and ran with it. So I think that that combination is leading to maybe some more RPO, maybe some more motion at the snap, uh, so just some Alabama type of concepts that you would see down in Tuscaloosa. Uh, the the Saban Bill pipeline has been active since the the eighties when they were together uh, in Cleveland and winning playoff games there. So it's always fascinating. You're right uh, to see the Alabama ties to New England. Uh, Evan Lazar is our guest from Patriots.com. You can find his work there at Patriots.com. Mac Jones, the player himself. You know, look, we got to see him up close and personal here in Carolina back in 2021. Uh, didn't have his best stuff that day. But, you know, as a rookie, I thought he did a nice job of, you know, operating the offense, putting the ball where it needs to go. That's sort of the <laughs> the signature, signature things we say about a guy like Mac Jones. Doesn't have a rocket, but is a smart, anticipatory player in the pocket. I, I think a lot of what happened last year, and we talked about it, is when you have a defensive coordinator calling offensive plays and putting in the game plan, it's going to look something like that. What's up with Mac? How does the transition look this year, not only with O'Brien calling plays, but with some of the new pieces around him offensively, including a tight end we'll get to in a minute, Mike Gusecki. Yeah, I think you hit the nail there in terms of what he's good at. I think we know at this point that with Mac, a lot of it is between the ears. It's accuracy, it's touch, it's timing. It's not going to be a ton of out-of-structure playground football running around like he's Josh Allen, flicking the wrist down the field like he's Patrick Mahomes. That's not going to be his game. So he's going to have to win in the pocket. He's going to have to be a step ahead of the defense. He's going to have to anticipate things. He's going to have to read coverages quickly. And he's going to have to have that quick release and allow the offense to just sort of function. I think that's the biggest thing is that he's at his best when the playmakers are are doing the heavy lifting, but he's distributing the football accurately, quickly, and efficiently. Now, I think the big question is, for the Patriots this season, as we move forward with Mac, is that enough? Is it enough to just be a smart, cerebral, on-time rhythm passer? And is that going to put them over the top when they do go up against a Josh Allen, when they do go up against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs when they come here in a few months? Those games, I think the higher-scoring games, are the ones that have been a little bit tough for the Patriots in the Mac Jones era. They have not won a game yet with Mac Jones at quarterback where the off- or the opposing offense excuse me, scores more than 25 points. They're over, yeah. over 13. So the question is, is can they win a game in the 30s? Can they win a 38-35 shootout against Josh Allen? Yeah. Can they keep up on the scoreboard? And is he going to be able to propel them to that point or is he always going to be this game manager uh, at, at his best day, probably like a Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo type? Yep. Can he take that next step? That's going to be a big question for them. When you look at what's going on now, obviously DeAndre Hopkins had a well-publicized visit with the Titans and, and then with the Patriots. And look, there's no secret. I mean, you know, you cover Bill every day up there and you've gotten to know his way of communicating. And I've been fascinated by his operational communication side of things for years. I love how he does it as a football guy. It can be frustrating, I'm sure, in the media, but I digress here. I, I, I look at some of the NFL films clips, and, and Bill does this from time to time with guys he's trying to maybe juice up to get them a little overconfident, but he truly does revere guys like back in the day, Chad Johnson. He did the shots of him talking to him, and there was a shot of him in Hopkins a couple years ago. Maybe it was last year. Them 
you know, chopping yeah. it up there, you know, mic'd up. And I, I really do think this guy sees Hopkins not only as a great competitor, great receiver, but, boy, there's another one of those guys that comes around. Evan, you know what I'm talking about. Every five years or so, Belichick's like, all right, I got to get my hands on that guy. Um, how serious is this right now? And do you think the Patriots could end up closing the deal on Hopkins? Yeah, it's very serious. I think both sides have some interest. I think from the Patriots' point of view, as much as I, I do truly believe that they like the player at time and, and are really willing to maybe break a little bit of their spending model to get DeAndre Hopkins in the building, I, I do think that it's important to put the context of the timing into play as well because the Patriots, as you know, John, they love a bargain, right? They love to yes, feel they like do. they got a deal. Yes. Yeah, right? They love to feel like they won <laughs> a, a situation. Yep. And a player like DeAndre Hopkins coming available post-June 1 and being available on what's today, June 26th or 28th or yep. something like that, is very rare. And I think that that's when the Patriots tend to pounce. They're not going to go typically in March on the start of the league year and trade a boatload of draft picks for Tyree kill or pay Deandre Hopkins in March as a free agent, $25 million a year. But now that they can get Deandre Hopkins at the end of June for what's ultimately going to be below his market value, just because all the cap space around the league has dried up. Now that's a bargain to Bill Belichick. And I think that that's where their interest really lies right now is that they feel like they can get DeAndre Hopkins at a discount because they do have a little bit of wiggle room against the cap that other teams don't currently have right now. And he would make their football team better. If this was a situation and we saw it, I mean, they didn't trade for him. So they weren't willing to do that. If he had become a free agent in March and it was this all out bidding war for DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think they would have been involved in the end, but because they can get him at the price that they can get him at, now all of a sudden it becomes a real possibility. Uh, you're right. I mean, look, and they're smart like that too. It's not just uh, like a, a sort of an old school Mike Brown. I'm not going to pay people because I'm cheap or I can't afford it. I think of guys like Chris Hogan, who they they paid very little way, way back when, and he got great production from Chris Hogan and so many others. Uh, Hopkins is a much bigger name, obviously, but. We'll see what happens there. He's a local product down here. We love Hopkins. I uh, wish he'd come to Carolina, but don't look like that's going to happen. Uh, it's Evan Lazar, Patriots.com. Just about uh, a minute or less here. Let's get your take on this secondary for this defense. I'm seeing names, of course, like a local kid here, Kyle Duggar, John Jones, Jabril Peppers, interesting sort of chess piece guy that Bill always has around. And then Christian Gonzalez. You, you know Bill cut his teeth in the secondary. If they're all staying healthy, and, and I don't know where they are now in their health and their progression, but if they can stay healthy, that's a pretty damn good-looking secondary for a guy who knows how to you know, coach a secondary. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a really good defense, probably one of the best defenses in the NFL statistically this season. Their secondary is very multiple, and now with Christian Gonzalez, they have a true boundary perimeter corner that can just take a number one receiver or take his side of the field and they can trust that he's got some size. He's got athleticism, tons of raw athleticism to play and hang up on the outside. I think last year uh, with JC Jackson leaving with Stefan Gilmore getting traded uh, the year prior, they were a little bit thin at outside corner. They had guys like Jonathan Jones that you just mentioned playing outside corner at five, eight, five, nine. Uh, now they have somebody a little bit bigger, a little bit more athletic in Christian Gonzalez. And that, it sort of puts everybody in the proper spot uh, the rest yeah. of the way in that secondary, which I think is going to be key. They have to replace Devin McCourty, and that's a big loss just 
especially I would say from like a field general standpoint. He's somebody that really got everybody uh, on the same page and was yep. a great communicator back there. Um, so they're going to have to replace a lot of that leadership. Uh, but I think that they have a chance to be a little bit more deceptive, a little bit more athletic uh, in their secondary, and they're going to really be a team that, that should be able to finish at, let's say, a top five, top ten defense at the worst. I think the biggest question with the defense, it kind of is similar with this entire football team, is are they going to be able to stop the real high-powered offenses? Over the last couple of years, they've dominated against lousy offenses, backup quarterback, like yep. they've just absolutely destroyed those teams defensively. But Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, you know, those types of quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts right out of the gate in week one, are they going to be able to go toe-to-toe with not just the bad offenses and take them out and basically shut them out, but also be able to win some football games defensively against the better offenses? If they can get to that next step, and I think they are hoping – that Christian Gonzalez and a couple of their rookies are going to be a part of that, then they're going to be a really, really good football team. Well, well Evan, you mentioned the uh, Eagles game. Look, 76 days from the day. It, it, I mean, you could talk about a Hollywood script here, and maybe that's how the NFL views it. Eagles-Patriots, a rematch of that 2017 epic Super Bowl. I don't think Nick Foles will be in attendance. I hope Tom, <laughs> Tom for Tom's sake, I hope he's not. Tom Brady's coming back home. I guess that's still the news right now that he's going to be there in attendance, a ceremony for the former Patriots quarterback. And I know Patriots fans, I know a lot of them down here have talked to me and said, you know, God, it was a bitter pill to see him down in Tampa winning championships. Uh, what do you think it means for the fans to have him back and just for the whole organization on that stage, a 425 game against the Eagles, the defending NFC champs? That's a must-see ticket right there. Yeah, it's one of the hottest tickets in town. I mean, we just had the Patriots, or excuse me, the Celtics and the Bruins yeah. in the playoffs and things like that, and this ticket dwarfs that those yeah. tickets, you know. And I think the biggest thing uh, with, with Brady coming back is closure. I, I don't yeah. think that this fan base really got that opportunity to say goodbye, to send him off into retirement, to really show him what, what he meant to this organization and to this area, to this town. Uh, because of the way he left. And it wasn't necessarily his fault, uh, but he left during COVID, like right in the height oh, of yeah. COVID. Yep. And uh, and so everybody was still in quarantine when he announced that he was going to Tampa. So there was really a social media post, and that was about it, oh, right? And yep. it was just kind of like, see you later. So I think that this is going to be a great opportunity to kind of close the chapter. This is the first of many things that they're planning on doing for Brady. This is just sort of the start. Of a, of a retirement tour, uh, all going to be local, but it, there's going to be multiple steps along the, the way here that they have planned out with him. Uh, but this is a big one. I think that this is a, uh, he gets to come home, uh, gets to re kind of establish himself as a part of the Patriots and a part of the Patriots organization. And, and I think that that's going to rip the bandaid off in a lot of ways for some fans who were a little upset about, how it ended either way, really, you know, whether it was upset about him leaving or upset at the organization, let him leave. I I think that this is going to be a good moment for everybody to be able to just kind of reconcile a little bit on both sides. But I think the biggest thing is too. you mentioned it, defending NFC champs week Mm -hmm. one, Brady comes home. He's going to be sitting in the owner's box with Mr. Kraft, you know, at (laughs) at the 50 yard line. And uh, if they get waxed by the Eagles in front of him, that's not going to be a, a great 
a great ending. No, you know day. what happens there, so. Brit, Brit, the, the your your friends in the the sports talk industry in that city. Uh, Tom's going to be back next week, quarterback, and I promise you, they're going to get crafts going to sign him. Uh, quickly on that, rapid fire, just thirty seconds or less. Bill Belichick, I saw him on a great documentary about 10 years ago say, I'm not coaching like Marv Levy. Well, here he is. Uh, Over under 10 more years, Belichick coaching. Oh, very much under, but I I think right now he's truly year to year. And I I do think it's important to him to leave the organization in a a better place than he when he got here. And if you remember... When he got here in 2000, they were not good yet, right? Yeah. Like they were still a five and eleven football team, and not that they're that bad now. But I think if he left and he retired, and maybe some of the coaching staff moved on because he wasn't here anymore, this team could really fall apart. So I, I think he'd like to give them a little bit better of a foundation uh, before he hangs it up. I would say two to three more years, uh, conservatively, depending on. Uh, what the record is and, and where the team is going. All right, well, more rapid fire for Evan Lazar. Uh, yes, no, or mm-hmm, maybe Tom Brady plays another down in the NFL. I'm going to say no. I, I just have to believe that he's not going to pull a Brett Favre and like keep coming out of retirement. <laughs> I, I have to think that he's above that. Yeah, he's got a lot going on in his life and uh, certainly a hell of a career. As for you, my friend, congrats on, on working with the team now. That's great. Evan Lazar, you can find him uh, as a beat reporter for the Patriots at Patriots.com and so much more. Uh, Evan, this is great. Thanks for taking us through the Patriots and making us smarter, man. Anytime, anytime. Thanks, John.